Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Happy New Year again, everybody. It's good to see you. Uh, good to see you online campus. Uh, some of the people were saying online that, you know, they couldn't get us the last couple of weeks. Well, we love to give our tech crew a good break over the holidays, and I'd like you to give it up. The tech crew is back. We got camera people and producers and directors and all kinds of people helping with the service today, and we're glad you're back, glad you're back. Uh, if you missed last Sunday, we did have it on audio on our podcast, and you can get it easily at nowchurch.com or our, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, it's, it was a crucial kind of a foundational word for the year, but it was more intimate as well, more of a pastor's kind of a heart chat. And, um, it, you know, we've been through some really challenging seasons. I don't know about you. We've been through some difficult things in the 32-year history of this church, and yet God has brought us through all of them, and he is preparing us for the great things ahead. So that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, this theme this month is called Lord of the Harvest. We'll kind of get right into it. It'll be a little explanatory, self-explanatory today as we get into the message. Open your Bible to Genesis 8 and Matthew 25. We're going to do, we're going to go to the beginning of beginnings of both the Old and New Testament real quick and lay out the text. Today's message is called Seed, Time, and Harvest. Genesis 8:22 says this, while the earth remains, is anybody, is anybody still on the planet today? Is the is the earth remaining today? Are we good? Okay. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. Verse, chapter 9, verse 1 goes right into, so God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill, and fill the earth. We said last week that, that everything that goes on, the catalyst is always seed. Everything begins with seed. The word says God created man in his image. <clears throat> he blessed them. First thing he did was bless them. First thing God does with humanity, his will, ultimate will is to bless you, to bless people. It may not be, um, it may not be excess, but it's always success, okay? It's not always big, but it's always good. So God blessed them, and then God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. And then at the end of his statement, he said, for you need to see, I've given you seed. So he blessed them and then he empowered them and he told them how it's gonna work. It's gonna work through what you plant, what you sow, you'll also reap. Now, I wanna weave from the New Testament, Matthew 25, many of you know the parable of the talents where the owner comes and uh, to his servant, three of his servants, he travels, he gave them resources. He returns uh, a period of time later, we don't know what time, to reconcile the books and kind of bring the accountability of what happened. I'll talk about it more in a few moments, but the end of the time, he's got one of the servants who didn't do anything with what God gave him to do. And while he commended the two that did something and were good stewards, it says in verse 24, Matthew 25, then he who had received the, the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you haven't sown, gathering where you haven't scattered seed. And I was afraid. Everybody say afraid. afraid. <clears throat> I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what's yours. He brought it back to him. 
But his Lord said to him, his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy thing. You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I haven't sown and gather where I haven't scattered seed. So you ought to have at least deposited my money with the bankers and in my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent. Now this is the challenging part here that I want you to key in for a moment and we're gonna kind of come back to it in a few moments. So take the talent, he tells the other servants, from him, the guy that gave one, and give it to him who has the 10 talents, the guy that had the most. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. This is the antithesis of the socialism we hear so much about today. It makes no sense to our human mind that you're gonna take something from somebody who doesn't, somebody doesn't have anything or doesn't have enough and give it to somebody who's, got, who's already got the most. But I'll explain it more in a few moments. Let's pray one more time. Father, would you come as Lord of the harvest? Would you come and move by the spirit of wisdom and revelation and challenge us and change us and fill us with your spirit as we look at these crucial subjects on the laws of the harvest. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, happy 2023, everybody. A new year is always a great time to kind of take inventory, reassess, declutter, and prepare for the season ahead. Uh, I, I, it's interesting, you know, some of you, if you've been around, you know I'm kind of a, I, I, I like, uh, I like, Nice uh, sneakers, you know, I'm a kind of a, a Jordan Nike guy. Somebody just gave me Adidas for Christmas. I'm still ad adjusting to that. <laughs> but I'm kind of a Jordan, you know. So, so anyway, 2023, listen, the, when, when I think of 23, I think of Jordan. And I think, and I think sometimes in my mind, it's like this year is we're going we're gonna to cross the Jordan, 23. We got, we're going to, we're going we're, to, and I don't mean just dribble through. I mean... I mean, really, you know, to really capitalize, really, yeah, 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 jump man, you know, jump man. This is a year where you're going to see things manifest that you've been believing for for a long time. That's where we are. That's what's happening here. And I be I'm believing the same for you. But there are kingdom principles or laws that govern the way life works best on earth. Now, around here we say life works best when God is first. And when God is first, seek first the kingdom, everything else will happen. Listen, God works through patterns and principles. And so even Old Testament, we get these patterns and principles and we understand the fulfillment of those things in the New Testament. The word first in the Greek is, is the word like, like it's, it's proton or, or protonics. It's a, it's, a, it's a word, proton. It means first in time, first in order, first in priority, First in place, first in honor. It's like the words prime, premier. That's when it says seek first the kingdom of God. It's talking about giving God your best, giving God the first, giving him the honor that he deserves as first in our lives. These laws, there, there are three main elements of the law of seed time, the laws of seed time and harvest, I should say, because there are laws of seed, there are principles, there are precepts 
Um, a law, when we talk about the law, sometimes in church we think we're talking about the Old Testament, the law of Moses. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about principles, kingdom principles. The, the, how many know that gravity is a law, the law of gravity? And, and it's, it works, you know, if I, if I hold up a, you know, this handkerchief and, I, and, I, and, and, and I, I say, well, if I drop it a thousand times, maybe one time it'll float. Well, I'm sorry, out of a thousand times, this thing's gonna fall to the ground a thousand times. Why? Because it's a law. It's the same in the things of God in terms of the laws of sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest. Now, I want to kind of break it down here. So we're just going to talk about it. Three points today. Number one, seed. Let's talk about seed. Seed. The miracle of multiplication is in your hand. Everything in life as we said last week, reproduces after its own kind. Genesis 1, that's the pattern, that's the principle. Everything reproduces after its own kind. You will, you know, if you ever wonder why you always find the same people around you, it's, because, it's not because of them, it's because of you. The law of attraction says that you will attract what you are. You can teach what you know, but you'll attract what you are. You, always, you feel sorry for the, the, the single young woman who always gets with the jerky abuser. You go, what's going on? Because you gotta break that pattern in her, not just in him. Because it's a spiritual thing. It's something that's trying to work there. So if you attract the wrong friends, the wrong people, and you always go, why do I always, why do I always get with these people that betray me? Well, you need to break that cycle this year, cross over the Jordan in 23, and let's break that thing, and let's see what God wants to do, okay? So it, this is a year where you can, you've got to evaluate your seed. And when I say seed, in church you might, this is, we're, not, we're not eliciting an offering here. This is not about the, the giving and the tithes and offerings. That's not what, the, the, every resource you have is a seed. Every resource, everything you have is a seed. Not just money, time, talent, service, encouragement. Kindness. Everything you have, every resource you have, every positive thing you have that's valuable in your life is, has seed potential. And the New Testament said this way, whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. You never plant tomato seeds and get corn on the cob. Not once. Why? Because it's a principle. Because it works forever and ever and ever. So the question becomes today, what kind of seed are you sowing? And you can recognize it by what kind of harvest is going on in your life constantly. What are the patterns of seed time and harvest in your life right now? Because you're not gonna change it at harvest time. You have to change it in the next cycle of the seeds you sow in everything you do. What kind of seed are you sowing? What are you doing with your time? What are you doing to serve others to be a blessing? I heard something recently that really ministered to me. Um, somebody got me a podcast from Torrin Wells, the uh, Christian singer, and uh, he and his wife have a podcast. And they were sharing some things and I just thought it was really, really powerful. And it just, it just kind of hit me because you hear the parable of talents all the time. In the parable of the talents that we read to you a few moments ago, the seed was never owned by the servants. It was loaned to them but the owner expected them to utilize everything they'd been given 
and find a way for it to appreciate or grow in value. And I may need some help here if I could. If I could get uh, Chris, just stand up where you are. And I could get uh, Greg Mann, stand up where you are. And Norman Seavers, can I get you to stand up where you are? Okay, so, so this is the way, this is the way one guy shared this. This really kind of, kind of brought it into perspective for me, okay? <clears throat> so I'm about to go on a trip. I'm not really about to go on a trip. I'm here, okay? Let's say I'm about to go on a trip. And my beautiful wife was over here. And I've got to go for a few weeks into an urgent situation. And I don't know when I'm going to be back. So I call together three of my good friends and, and, and trusted associates. I say, guys, I, 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 I want to make sure that this girl is taken care of while I'm gone. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you all a bunch of resources, and I want you to use them for her. I don't know if I'm going to be gone 10 weeks or 10 years, but I'm going to give you each a truck. I'm going to give you money. I'm going to give you um, everything you need to make sure that in the busyness of your life that you're watching out for her, okay? Now, time goes by. What's happening while I'm gone, uh, each of them, well, so, 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 so Norman got the, got the nicest truck, and so Chris is upset. Well, he, he got a better truck than I did. <laughs> so he said, well, I'm not gonna use it. I'm not gonna, uh, you, know, she, you know. So basically, Norman's watching out for my wife. And, and, and Greg's kind of watching out, but he's busy. He's got his business. He's got all kinds of stuff going on. So he's, he's doing his part in. I gave him a pretty good truck, and he's, uh, he's okay about that. Chris, Chris, Chris got like a, you know, he, he, he got kind of, a, uh, uh, kind of an old beat-up hoopty truck, you know, <laughs> held together by, you know, chicken wire and masking tape. That's all I could give him. That's, but I gave according to the way I thought that they would handle it. It's my stuff. It's not their stuff. It's my right to give to whoever, to whoever I think is going to do it. Now, when I come back and I call them together, the first thing I'm going to say is to her, so how did they do? And she's going to tell me, well, well, this one over here, he, he was there every time I needed something. And, and, and Greg checked in most of the time. He was real good. I didn't see Chris. Chris, was, Chris he, he was real busy. And, and I call Chris and he goes, well, here's your truck back. Here's your truck back. I, I, I knew, you know, I knew those other guys that handle it and, and I didn't get much anyway. My friends, in the parable of the talents, he's talking about the fact that how you take care of God's bride is how God will take care of you when those moments come. Amen. You see, it's not just about the money. It's about every resource. Would you get up for everybody right there? So thank you, these guys. Thank you, Chris, even for... You didn't do much, but it was okay. But I just, I felt like that, that illustration just kind of explained a little bit better because faithful in little, faithful also in much. These guys didn't know they were being tested. Because now I'm going to come back and I'm going to pour out land and ability and authority and all kinds of stuff. They didn't know it was a test. They just thought, 
this was, well, I got to do this because I was told to do it and I gave, they gave me something to do it, but he didn't give me enough. A lot of people want to complain about what they don't have. And yet you're only responsible to do something with what you do have. That's seed. Everything you have is a resource. Everything you have is supposed to grow in value. If you will open up your heart and your hand to take care of the bride of Christ, you will always have resources flowing through you. Always, always, always. And that's what last week was about. The story of what we've gone through as a church over the last 15 years or or more. Proverbs expounds on it. Hang on too tightly, you lose it all. Proverbs 11, 24. There is one who scatters. The inference there is seed. There's one who scatters seed, yet increases more. And there's one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich, and the word rich there has nothing to do with excess, has everything to do with abundantly well-supplied. You get the resources that you need that you're going to be faithful with. The generous soul will be made well-supplied, and he who waters will also be watered himself. My friend, there is a requirement in this life of sacrifice. And, and we can't, listen, I can't give you, I, I know Kmart doesn't exist anymore, but, but the, there, there used to be blue light specials. The, this Kmart we used to have down here in Bellevue that's now suddenly turned into a Publix magically. That used to, you used to go there and they'd say, there's a blue light special on aisle 13. And then they'd put a blue light over there. And you go over there and you get, you get a special deal. I cannot give you a special deal on sacrificing, on a sacrificial life. I wish I could cut it down and change what the word says and talk about this and that. No, the greater the personal cost, the greater the harvest to come. The type and the volume of harvest is determined at seed planting time, not at wishful thinking time. It's determined, the Second Corinthians 9 says it's determined at the moment of seed what the harvest is gonna look like, what, it, what it's gonna be and the volume it's gonna become. It's determined then, predetermined. And God isn't to blame. If, you, if, you're, if you're struggling through your life, quit blaming God in your brain. We've all struggled. We've all been there but there's nobody that puts their hand to the plow. There's nobody that, 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 that trusts God and takes and utilizes all of their resources that God entrusts them for the benefit of others, not just themselves, that won't be blessed in this time. Nobody. It's a law. A drop, if I drop us a thousand times, how many times is it gonna land on the ground? A thousand times. The law of seed time and harvest will work the same way. We desperately need, now here's the point of it all. We desperately need to experience the glory of God in all of our lives. But what we say around here is this, there's no glory, there's no glory without worship. There's no worship without sacrifice. And there's no sacrifice unless it costs you something. You have to feel the pinch. If it doesn't move you at seed time, it doesn't, it's not gonna move you at harvest time. 
So you have to understand. And like I said, I'm talking about resources. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about all resources here. Everything. You, listen, when you, have a, when you have a downcast heart but uplifted hands, you're sowing a sacrifice of praise. The fruit of your lips giving thanks unto his name. My concern right now is for the next generation because I think our generation has almost cheapened some of these concepts and we've, we want so badly for our kids not to go through what we went through, right? Not to make the same mistakes we made. Isn't that true? And so what we do is we try to make it a little easier on them or a lot easier on them. And sometimes we end up babying them. And sometimes in church, in the church world, what we've done is we've, we've almost made them think you can serve God and have fun and there's no pinch, there's no cost. Because the gospel is free, but it's not cheap. And we can almost give this wrong impression and man, stuff I'm reading just online Concerns for the next generation. But the Bible says if you'll sacrifice, if you'll teach that sacrificial serving life, you'll never regret it. Psalm 126 says this, he that goes forth weeping, bearing precious seed for sowing. Weeping. You're crying when you're bringing your sacrifice. There's a pinch there. There's There's a price there. David said, I cannot give to my God that which costs me nothing. A guy tried to give him land and all this stuff to make a sacrifice, but the sacrifice was to stop a plague. It was, was, David said, no, I got to worship. And he said to the guy, the guy said, well, I'll give you everything. You're the king, I'll give you everything. He said, no, I cannot give to God that which costs me nothing and expect the glory to fall. This isn't about the glory of God, not religious doisms not religious workisms. I'm not trying to sing him a song. I'm trying to offer him my life. And there's a price. And there's never a blue light special. But he that goes forth weeping, precious seed for sowing, will doubtless, without a shadow of a doubt, return with rejoicing, bringing the sheaves of wheat with him. Remember the old song? Some of you remember bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, an old hymn of the church. This is, that's what it's about. He said it was like we were dreaming when we finally got in our new building. It was like we were dreaming when we finally got the answers to things we'd prayed for for years. It was like we were in a dream. But we remember in seed time, we cried a lot of tears. Number two, time. You know, the grace of God is the cure for striving, or it should be. Even in seasons of warfare, seasons of battle in Scripture, God often stands there with them and says, stand still and see that this battle is not yours, but it's God's, it's mine. One thing always happens between seed and harvest, and that's the word time. Seed, time, and harvest. There is something called a growing season. Time. You know, the the problem with with time is it keeps on slipping, slipping, (laughs) slipping into the future. Makes me want to fly like an eagle. Anyway. The beginning of our year is a great time to reevaluate, 
Our stewardship, especially the most important resource of all, time. What did you invest in last year? What did you, see, time is, like money, you can tell it's, it's a resource because like money, you can spend time, you can waste time, you can lose time, you can save time. It's an investment, it's a resource. And the problem with that, listen, a lot of, I'll guarantee you that when I was in my 20s, I, my perception was that money was more valuable than time. So I wasted a lot of time in the pursuit of money. The problem is you can, you learn as you get older, you can actually get more money and you're gonna need more again next week and next month and next year too. But you don't get back more time. Once it's gone, it's gone. And the weird thing about time is it's both long and short. We, we, we say around here a lot of times that the, you know, the, the, the days can be long but the years are short. We just had another, oh, I mean, well, let me give an example. Didn't we just celebrate a few weeks ago and I told you it's the first day of NFL football season. <laughs> Yay. And everybody cheered but my wife. <laughs> well, today is the last day of football season. Yay. Yeah, yeah, it's, okay, you had a few. Regular season. We still have another month of playoffs and the Super Bowl, I, but I digress. Okay, so I'm not trying to, yeah. So, but didn't we just say, I mean, I just remember coming up here and saying, it's first day of football season. Well, here it is. It's the last day of football season. It went by like that. It's crazy. The time goes, it's just, it's gone. And the problem is, unless you harness it, unless you grab a hold of it by faith and ask God to do something supernatural with it, you're gonna be in trouble. Ephesians 5.15 says this, see then that you walk circumspectly, which the word, it just means carefully. Be careful, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time. One translation said this way, making the most of every opportunity that God gives. Making the most of every opportunity that God gives. Redeeming the time. You're buying back the time. I was thinking about this the other day and I had to Google it. But did you know it takes 13 hours on an assembly line to build a Toyota? 13 hours. But Lamborghinis each take six to eight months of precision craftsmanship, and sometimes longer. If you had the money and you wanted to get a Lamborghini, you would have to wait in a line right now. If you ordered it now, you might not get it for 18 months to get a Lamborghini. But you can get Chris's hoopty, if you get an old beat up Toyota, you can get that. That's on special after church. You see, the Bible says, Lord, teach us to number our days and use the precious time you've entrusted to us wisely. Life is fast. Life is fast. We started this church, we were 29 years old. Two little kids. And now we have five grandkids. 61 years old. And the time is moving. And it just, it's crazy. My son-in-law is going to be 40 this year. 
40 seems like a minute ago to me. He's going to hit 40. My son's already 42. Like crazy. What is happening? Lord, teach us to number our days. Finally, number three and last, harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. Harvest, contrary to popular opinion, the most expensive part of the process is harvest. Not seed time, not time time. Jesus said this way, don't say, don't look around and say it's four months away for or another season where we'll see a harvest. Open your eyes and start seeing the harvest now. Jesus said the field's are already ripe. There's already stuff that's ready to pop now. But if you're looking at it with naturalized and not spiritual hearts, you're gonna see it wrong. Everywhere around is harvest. Now, God's definition of harvest always involves new people being born again. And one thing is, I'll just tell you this in my spirit prophetically. I believe that there are whole, there's a whole generation of people that were raised in church that kind of bucked against it and have walked away from God that are starting to feel something shake inside them of all ages. And they've been mockers and they've been intimidators and maybe haven't even raised their kids in the things of God. Maybe raised their kids to be the scoffers and the mockers of the world. But something's happening. And you're about to see some of those people return. You're about to see some of the angry people at work that act, you know, act like, oh, you're one of those Christian people. You don't know what, what they were raised in. You don't know if they saw the power of God move, but then they pushed it down and they just, they said, well, I, it, I, I can't believe in a God of supernatural and then live my life like I want to live it. So they push away the God of the supernatural. They push away the Lord of the harvest and they go sow all kinds of negative seeds and darkness and then they're reaping. Then they find life happens and now they're wondering what happened. God's definition of harvest is always about people. People, not just praying a prayer, but people coming into a real and dynamic relationship with him. It's about transformation in the heart of God, that people will be transformed by the renewing of their minds into new creations in Christ Jesus. I'm not talking about praying a prayer. I'm talking about people that are going to experience God again or afresh or for the first time. That's why Jesus said, when you're looking at the harvest, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Send laborers. Send workers. Remember, right now, you can predetermine certain people in your life. You go, well, that person would be closed. I won't invite them to church. <clears throat> that person would be, well, this, that person's mean all the time. They, they hate Christians. That person mocked me when I, they saw a Bible you know, on my desk or heard that I was going to go to church today or whatever else. That person was mean about you don't know what's going on in them right now. With all the crazy stuff in the world, there's a whole lot of people starting to quake on the inside and look around for truth, for reality, for love, and for a change of harvest. Lord, send laborers. Send others to reach others. I'm almost done. I, I read this the other day. It really hit me. The great evangelist from Chicago, D.L. Moody, had a prayer list where he prayed, he kept a prayer list of 100 people from early on in his life 
that he prayed for every day that didn't know the Lord. Every day, and he prayed for these 100 people. Amazingly, his biographers say that 96 people out of the 100 that he prayed for every day gave their lives to Christ and were totally changed. That's tremendous, right? But the four, what happened to the four? They got saved at his funeral. They came to his funeral and those other four gave their hearts to the Lord at D.L. Moody's funeral. That's prayer success. That's prayers answered. That's harvest. In the heart of God, it's not about all you get. It's about what he wants to enable you. Everything you have is a resource and a tool to help somebody else, help you reach someone else, to help bring them, to help invite them. Listen, this world is a scary place for people. I'm excited about our eight days of prayer. I'm excited about what's coming. It starts tonight at seven o'clock. But every time that we do this, it's a journey. It's a, it's a journey together. We don't know what's gonna happen. It's different every time. It's different every year. Two years ago after COVID, we were online because people started getting COVID after Christmas being with their families. And so we, we had to go online for, uh, we did that year 10 days of prayer, but it, it turned into 21 days of prayer. The Lord said, keep going. Remember that two years ago? Last year we did eight days of prayer. We've done, we've done this for years and years. And it's not about doing some kind of penance or doing some kind of religious exercise or routine. It's about genuinely, man, when I get, when I, when I get done with the holidays, I'm so, I, I'm, I'm so full. I'm so full of sweets and food and, you know, feasting is great. But sometimes you just go, man, I, I need a break. I need a break. I need to fast, I need to pray, I, I, need, I need God afresh because it's not about what I used to know about God, it's not about what I experienced last year from God, it's not about his goodness before, any more than my relationship with my wife is only about what happened last year. It's a relationship, it is a walk, and it's a walk of harvest, it's a walk of blessing, it's a walk of real relationship. The world is changing is often a scary, intimidating place these days. But if we journey together and pray, we're gonna see great things. But we're not supposed to be afraid, are we? I say it this way, if we, want a, if we want book of acts, power, and miracles, then we need to be willing to overcome the current atmosphere of challenges and pressures. Gotta be willing to come against all that junk going on. In case anybody hadn't noticed the last few years, politics will never save you. Thank you for that overwhelming response. I don't care who you voted for. It's, we're here now and we need God. If you thought the Republican Party was gonna save you, it ain't. If you thought the Democrat Party was gonna win you and, and be a victor for you and make sure you had enough, no, not gonna happen. We need God. We need God. He's our champion. He's our king. The world getting darker is the greatest opportunity for the light of the world to ignite. Amen. Close with this. We've got a guest speaker coming next week. I just want to tell you a little bit about him. Good friend of mine, Pastor Jeff Crawl, will be here next week. He's um, from Sanford, Florida, where I grew up. We've known each other. I was thinking... Last night, we've probably known each other almost 50 years. We met in sixth or seventh grade. 
at Lakeview Middle School in Sanford. And Jeff was the kind of guy, and I won't tell you all this next week. I don't want to embarrass him. He's probably watching online right now anyway. But um, he, he, he got so burned out by the time we got to high school. And I wasn't squeaky clean. But I, I was like, I need to get away from this guy. <laughs> he's, a, he's, he's a burnout. I can't be with him. And then to find out years later that he was saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and a pastor in Sanford blew my mind. He was, um, when the Trayvon Martin murder hit years ago, the shooting, whatever you want to call it, he was one of the pastors in Sanford that kept that city from exploding in riots and all kinds of problems. He, he, he brought together pastors from all over that city and he had already been investing in them for 20 years, praying with other pastors on a regular basis. Today, he's not only still shepherding a, a, a little church in Sanford, but his main thing is that he is a teacher at a Christian school down in the Longwood area. He teaches apologetics. He teaches high school seniors how to overcome when they get out of their parents' covering and what to do when they get out into the world. It's gonna be really interesting next week. You know, Michael Pitts told me years ago that the most difficult challenge of pastors is this, getting thinking people to feel and getting feeling people to think. This church is probably a little bit more on the feeling side in a lot of things. But next week, we want you to bring your thinking friends. Bring people next week. He's gonna talk about the arguments. He's gonna talk about how we need to deal with this next generation in love and power, but also how to, how to, how to bring forth truth where truth needs to be, but in the right spirit, the right vein. It's gonna be really great. Next week, don't miss Pastor Jeff Crawl. It's time for the sleeping giant called the church to wake up and shake up this lost, broken, hurting world. We need to ask this week as we pray for God to work his heart in us because we can't save anybody, but Jesus already did it. Jesus went to the cross and gave his perfect sinless life for the likes of you and me. When we didn't earn it, we didn't deserve it. It's not about religious pleasantries or traditions. It's about a relationship with him. Would you bow your head and close your eyes as we pray? Father God, we come to you in the mighty name of your son, Jesus, in the power and presence of your Holy Spirit. And we ask you for an awakening. We ask you to come and do a work in us. Forgive us. Would you cause the seeds, the negative and dark seeds we've sown in our past, <clears throat> cause there to be a crop failure in those areas. And Lord, help us to begin a new cycle. And those of us that are living for you, Father, would you help us to reap a harvest of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit a harvest in the kingdom of God. Now, Lord, we take authority in the name of Jesus over every spirit of doubt 
and unbelief, every spirit of blindness that is a shroud over people's hearts. And we ask you to let there be light today. Let there be an opening for those watching, those in the room listening, people that are, that are connecting somehow to your word in this moment. Would you cause your word to come forth in a way that penetrates their hearts and changes us from the inside out? Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. In Jesus' name, just keep your head bowed, your eyes closed, just for a moment. I'm not gonna have an altar call right now, but I'm, I'm gonna call you to the altar of your own heart. What kind of path are you on? What kind of harvest are you living in? A lot of people harvest all kinds of weeds and thorns in their life, and then they blame God for the kind of harvest they have. My friend, he loves you. He came to give you good things. All good gifts, all good things come from above, come from the Father of lights, and he's not gonna change his mind. He loves you, but that doesn't, he's, he can't change his laws for you. Someone had to die in your place and mine in order for us to be changed, saved, rescued from our own sin. Someone had to be, someone had to pay the price. Jesus paid that price. If you're just trying to live your life and be a good person, you're still on the hook for your own actions. But if you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, then your life is changing and you're on a different path. If you're here today, you don't know him, I plead with you to quit mocking, to quit playing games, to quit pushing him away. You're here today in this message, in this church, you're watching here online, whatever, for a reason. And God's hand is once again extended to you. Like I said earlier, maybe you were raised in church. His arms are open to you, son, daughter, and just saying, hey, come home. Just get home. You know you belong here. Quit making excuses and get back to the local church, the local church where you can experience his power. If you're here today, it begins with one prayer. Jesus, come into my heart. I want to know you in a real way. Doesn't have to be formal. Doesn't have to be pretty. Doesn't have to be right this minute, but I'm gonna tell you what, if you get, when, once you get out to the parking lot, what the Bible says is that there's all kinds of distractions gonna come and try to take this seed from you. Even the preaching of the word is a seed. And if you'll jump in when the water is moving, if you'll jump in when the seed is sown, you'll be changed. You'll be forgiven. You'll be set free. I challenge you to do it now whether you're in the room, whether you're at home, do it now. Open your heart, Jesus, yes. Come into my life. Amen. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.